So as the title suggests, you may think that I am stepping into a hornet's nest of discussing race and culture. Which I am. I kind of am. You know, I can't deny that. Every time I step into discussing something, I'm potentially stepping into a, a bit of a hornet's nest. This one more so because, you know, I'm white. I know the cat's out of the bag on that one. And shockingly, I, I'm identified as a, a white male which has lots of concept and symbology and privilege and all these things attached to it, which you can't really avoid. This is this is kind of like the starting point of this, is you can't really avoid it. There's a lot of things attached to this, so we're going to try and, we're going to try and work through that as we discuss what I wanted to discuss, which essentially just breaks down to one clearly defined line, is that I have never had to, to prove that I am white. Some people may be thinking I've gone insane. You may be right. So, recently, I say recently, literally last night. Last night I went to a gig. It was a fantastic gig. It was at the uh, the engine shed in my, my uh, the town where I live. Um, and it was a orchestral rendition of Dr. Dre's 2001 album. Now, first off, that sounds like the, the whitest event you can kind of imagine. Um... But we went to this gig, and it's not the first rap gig I've been to. It certainly won't be the last rap gig I've go to. Um, I've been to rap shows before, and they've always been a little bit awkward, and they've always been a little bit weird. But a comment came up a couple of times in the night, which I was already thinking about discussing this whole concept of, of race and culture um, for myself. Um, but a comment came up a couple of times in the night, which really resounded with me, and I just kind of stuck in my head. So it was this, this idea of we were at the show, and it was a, such a diverse crowd. It was a crowd of, I, I don't know, I don't know why it was so diverse. And I think maybe just the age of the album kind of locked into that. So the album was released 2001, as, as the the, uh, the title suggests. Or 2000-ish, I think, actually. I'm, I'm not going to get beaten up by rap critics here. Um, but it was released 2000-ish, so that was, was 19 years ago now. So you've got a lot of generations back then who would have picked up that album. It was a huge album culturally um it's one of the albums which kind of other massive rappers like eminem blew up on um it was dre and eminem were starting their whole whole empire of rap um it was around the time when like, eminem show was going to be coming out and and all these different things so there, there's a huge sin thing with it and it was one of those albums where you may not know the tracks you may not know like the, the, the specific titles or the lyrics or anything like that but you definitely know the songs because if you watched any video where a rap track is used or weed is discussed or um dre or snoop dog or exhibit kind of pops up the chances are you've heard one of those tracks that's just it's one of those albums it's one of those albums which kind of everybody knows you 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 instantly know two songs there's a um, uh, ne- next episode, which most people know, because it's the one which uh, ends with "smoke weed every day." That's that's the last line of the song, um, and then "forgot about Dre," and that that's that's the album on the track. So you got these huge tracks, 
And we went to the show. And the show was basically a homage to Dr. Dre, um, done in kind of a little bit of a different way. They had violinists, cellists, um, I believe the word is trombone player, bassist, drum kit. It was nice. It was real nice. And they were an amazing band. Um, the, the company which put it on is called No Strings Attached. And the guy doing the, the vocals, he was amazing. And he played all the parts needed for every song. And did it seamlessly. Didn't even have a backup, um, a backup vocalist to help him out. He was just going for it, and and it was it was fantastic. But we were at this show, and this crowd, as I say, it was really diverse. It was predominantly white, though. But that's that's not unusual because I live in the UK, and the UK, whilst we have a multiculturalism, um, is predominantly white compared to places like the US. There's there's much higher percentile of white people white immigrants as well um just in general that's just kind of like one of those facts so when you go to a show like this you you're going to see the majority of that lincoln itself as a place is extremely white Um, race is is one of those things where you kind of you notice it more the more you leave lincoln you know you go to places like leeds and sheffield and you notice that the the multi-ethnicity of the city is much higher. So Lincoln's a pretty white place. Um, but we were at this show, and you got like 60, 50, 60 year old guys, and, and couples, mature business couples, and then all the way down to kind of your students and your stoners and people who were just there because of the chronic and all this kind of stuff. And then, you know, we fit somewhere in between, which is, is, is people in their 20s to 30s, young professionals, um, just, you know, young people. People in their twenties doing whatever. People who who know this album because when you know when it came out in the two thousands, you know I'd have been I'd have been ten, eleven, twelve. Um, so it was a hugely influential piece. You know, Eminem was was a big part of that, um, and the whole me growing up thing. It, it inspired a lot of what of what are my interest is in in rap today. Um, I've kind of deviated away from from the M&Ms and the Dre's now, more and more into the the Aesop's and the Atmospheres. But that's that's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other musical episode podcast. But the comment which I'm getting to is that I have never felt so white at a gig in my entire life. And uh, a couple of friends, we, we all said this. We never felt so white. And why did we never feel so white? And it was perfectly natural for us to feel extremely white and to feel a little uncomfortable. Because... We were at a live show with an almost entirely white orchestra um, performing an album which is synonymous with rap culture, which is black culture, part of black culture. I'm not going to just fly out that. Um, singing about things which we will never relate to, you know, singing about ex- the, the excessive drug use, gangs, the NWA, Compton. All these things, which we will never have any, any real, what's the word, relation to. And yet, we're in this crowd, we're really enjoying ourselves, we know all the songs by heart, we know all the tracks, all the lyrics, and it's completely foreign to us. So it was completely natural to feel a little uncomfortable. But it did get me thinking. And what it kind of got me thinking on was something which I've already been thinking on. Um, was that a, f- a friend of mine who's on YouTube, uh, Chris Sanders, 
he does great pieces on the idea of black identity and black culture a lot of the stuff he looks at um is how kind of the nerd interests and black culture kind of mixed together um and how that can be extremely bad essentially and and how there's a lot of problems facing that blend of society and culture um as well he's just recently posted a video about black history month and the things which are going on currently in the news and he always goes really in depth and I always find it fascinating and really interesting because as a white guy, the race conversation is fascinating to me. And part of the reason it's fascinating and not terrifying is because, you know, I'm white, so I'm privileged and that's, that's fine. That's the, that's just how it is. You know, that's, that's what needs to change, but that's where I'm sat. Um, so get to getting back to the point. See, this is the idea that, it being a hornet's nest discussing race, I'm going to end up going back and forth. But what is the point you're trying to make, Graham? Oh, the point I'm trying to make. I forgot all about that bit. Okay, yeah, okay. So, it got me thinking this whole idea that I've had black friends, I've had Asian friends, um, people from all different backgrounds, and a lot of them see their race and their culture as a huge part of their identity. And can even become insecure about the idea of proving that. And this whole question arose in my mind. Because I've heard it come from black friends of, oh, I can't do that, or I can't explore this because it's not black enough. You know, am I black enough? That becomes a whole question. And I was like, okay, well, that's interesting. And then I realized that that's also, that's also come from Asian friends of mine. They're like, yeah, this is... This. Or it's too Asian. It's, it's, some things are too Asian. I can't do this because it's too Asian. Or I can't do this because I, I don't feel Asian enough. And, and, and how different societies and cultures will ostracize those people who aren't adhering enough to, in a way, the stereotype. There's that episode of The Fresh Prince of Bella when Carlton gets basically called out by people is it it's not sorority that's not the word is it a frat i think it's a frat either way he gets called out about his culture because obviously he's a, he's a rich black guy um and he gets called out and it goes on to this big speech about how it, it it shouldn't matter how he dresses what his musical interests are that he's still you know he's still facing the same problems that every other black male is facing and it's a hugely powerful piece. I suggest you go YouTube it if you, if you don't. It's like Carlton Banks stands up for himself or something like that. Um, but it's, yes, yeah, this huge thing. And it basically triggered it into my mind this this whole idea of, I don't know, I'm 29. I've never had a moment in my entire life where I've thought, am I white enough? And that seems weird to me right now because I'm considering it but that's the that's essentially where everyone I don't know anyone who's sat and gone am I too white am I am I, am I too white am I not white enough you know am I am I sitting here going oh I wonder if I'm adhering to white culture enough and that's in a way that's part of the kind of not the problem but the whole whole not mythology theory behind it all so it opens up this whole question of what is white culture 
And my personal opinion is there isn't really a definitive answer to this. White culture as a as a as a process, as a symbol, as a as a whatever concept you want to define it as comes is quite a vague term and it's in a way it's intentionally vague it's intentionally vague because it allows it's allowed and has allowed and does allow us to kind of put our fingers into everything and that's something which has gone on for literally forever so this whole idea of defining something which is extremely white becomes quite odd to me and yet it exists. It exists every day. What I did find interesting, so I did a little bit of Googling prior to this because I wanted to do a little bit of research, and I found some interesting things. First off, did you know that if you search white stereotypes, you don't really get any results? You don't... There's no kind of like straight-to page of people listing white stereotypes. Um, there is a fantastic article uh, called What is White Culture Exactly? on The Guardian, which I read. Um, describing things, and I will, I'll get back to it in a minute, but what, what I found more interesting slash more hilarious is that you can search white stereotypes and nothing will come up, but if you search white girl stereotypes, you get a whole list. You get a whole list of white girl stereotypes, and I found that incredibly interesting, that as a as a society, as white, uh, white people, or even outside of white people, that we've decided that females can have the stereotype, but males can't. And yet I know of white, st- white male stereotypes. There's a few things which kind of get flagged with me um, as, as white guy stereotypes. For instance, Pokemon cards. That's a pretty, pretty white white guy stereotype. That was kind of there. But also metal. Metal music and interest in metal. Um, that is quite a white person stereotype because a lot of metal music was born out of Eastern Europe, um, which is predominantly white. And so, yeah, it's just like little... Little things, and there was I can't remember, a friend of mine I, I kind of met for a while. Just said, "Oh, this is such a white white guy thing to do." Quite a few times, so there is, they do exist, but we just don't flag them. And I found that interesting. Coming off the list of of white girl stereotypes, I read through it, and I don't even know if these are real, because a lot of these I put down just to plain plain marketing like one of them is is to love starbucks you know to love katy perry and to me they're not stereotypes that's just mass advertising you know you you can't really avoid liking those things i'm not a fan of katy perry by the way i like starbucks to an extent um but that's not that's not necessarily a stereotype. That's just something you've been heavily advertised. So how you, how can you avoid that? You know, pumpkin spice, yoga pants. They, these aren't things which are uh, 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 what's the word synonymous with being white. These are just things we're living within the culture which you live in. Um, you know what else was it? Uh, you enjoy Pitch Perfect again. This is just, just this is advertising. You know, Nutella. All these kinds of things. There was a few things which I found interesting. Uh, kind of like you maintained a Tumblr account or a Pinterest account. You're interested in that kind of thing. Uh, your Tinder profile says you love traveling. Um, you own a horse. <laughs> these are little things. But again, I, I found that incredibly interesting in terms of kind of how, how we see ourselves. Um, but there's also, I've read a few articles um, about this whole culture shift. And in a way, this, this podcast just completely feeds into that, that. A lot of white people are... are um, recognizing their whiteness more or recognizing white culture more um, in such a way that 
it's becoming a whole conversation. Um, there's, there's a whole like NPR podcast about can we talk about whiteness? Um, and yeah, it's it's just opened up this whole whole conversation. Wes Anderson movies are apparently extremely white, and I've never really thought of them as extremely white. But maybe that's just because I'm naturally in the white culture. This it's all I don't know. Is that's a question like mid podcast? Have you? We look at other societies and we look at the cultures and other races and we see that people have this passion and pride um, for themselves. And whereas it's never been something I really felt I needed to define in the same way that I never really had to answer whether I was white enough. It's never concerned me. There's never been anyone in my society who's gone, oh, Graham, you're not really white enough. I mean, I am as bright as the sun in paleness. Um... But yeah, it's never really been something where I felt, you know, I have to define it. And that, that again, comes back, to, that can pull back to the whole idea of privilege. And that I've never had to define it because I've never been at risk of losing it, in a way. You know, there is this huge amount of British stereotypes of which people get really upbeat and, and, and angry over. And the, this idea of, you know, you're losing British culture and all this kind of stuff. And in a way, you could say the British culture is white culture because of the, the predominantly white white um, society. But at the same time, to me, the message has always been that British culture is extremely multicultural. And we the, the culture we have shaped has been based on our colonial history, which basically came with stealing everything. So again, we end up in this vague period of where our culture is just to, just to in, ingratiate everything else into it, not to maintain it. Why would you maintain something? Just keep letting it evolve and evolve and evolve and evolve. We, we lose things. Oh, you know, shit, we lose Ugg boots along the way. It's not the biggest tragedy in the world. Oh, no, you can't make a roast. Of course you can make a roast. Just go out and make a roast if you want to make a roast. No one's stopping you. No one's going, going to come into your house and say you're not allowed to do it because it's not culturally appropriate. Sorry, getting a little bit of a rant. Back to this article. So this article, which I read, um, starts off with a very similar message, which I, I kind of I thought of. Whiteness is hard to define. It, it's extremely hard to define. Um, so this article comes from uh, Mona, I want to see, Chalabi? Yeah, Mona Chalabi. I'm going to go with Chalabi. Apologies if it's wrong. I don't I don't know if she'll ever even see this, see this podcast of me rambling about my, my race. Um, and it, it kind of came came from her um, and she describes if she after a few months of moving to New York magical conversation happened that would radically shift her psyche forever and she was telling a friend that she'd gone to a favorite shop and he asked her who served you was it a tall white guy and this confused her because no one had ever really used white as a descriptive term off the bat you know you don't you say I go to the shop and I serve some guy if you're in the UK you would <laughs> you would assume it was white you would assume the person who served you was white, unless specified otherwise. And that's because, I mean, this this article says that uh, as a country, it's 86% white. You know, in terms of the national ethnicity of the, the UK, in 2011, it was 86% white. And that's that's the standard. In school, you know, I went to school, I can only remember a couple of non-white people within my school, um, college... It was a bit more diverse because you bring so many schools together, um, but for the most part, you know, you the, the people who you were seeing in illustration were all white. The people who you, you were seeing, kind of on their TV, everyone's white, 
it was, it was never a thing. The, the way people were presented as other cultures were usually, for the most part, presented as enemies or or on crime watch. And that's that's the message you were driven to. It's, it's gotten a lot better in the last few years due to people being more aware. But overall, that was that's a, it's a huge thing. Um, but getting back to the kind of the nitty gritty. In a way, white as a culture feels like kind of like an absence. As I say, it's, it's an absence of a def- definitive answer. Um, <laughs> but I found some of the answers which are in this really, really interesting. Um, so it, this was based, a lot of this information is based on the US, um, but it likely applies to us anyway because we're all kind of like mixed into the whole Western culture ideology. <clears throat> but, you know, what do white people eat? Vegetables. That's apparently what white people eat. Um, according to the U.S. Department of Agricultural, latest data shows that the average white American eats 16 pounds more vegetables at home each year than other non-white Americans. Now, what is interesting is a lot of these statistics also kind of give you an insight into other um, other stereotypes and other cultural problems, which kind of blend into so. From the statistic that most white people eat vegetables, there's also another statistic that you know, the obesity factor in the US, but most people are eating vegetables, then why are they so obese? And it's because, you know, the way theirs works, some things are classed as vegetables, some which probably shouldn't be classed as vegetables. You know, you class a potato fries, it's a vegetable. It's still a fry, though, isn't it? Anyway, anyway, uh, what do white people drink? Alcohol. In terms of of drinking culture in the UK, we have a huge drinking culture. Um, Binge drinking originated in the uk as, as a term uh this the whole idea of people getting passed out when they were like 11 years old um house parties all this kind of stuff yeah that i can completely agree that as a, as a white person alcohol is, is probably one of the defining factors of our culture um typically white name according to this uh the most typical white name is joseph yoda uh that's yoda as in y-o-d-e-r um, and that was based on a census, which was done in the U.S. So it kind of, kind of blends. Um, the other list of white names is Kruger, Mueller, Koch, Schwartz, Schmidt, Novak, Schneider, Schroeder, and Haas. Now, that is quite diverse for the U.K. In the U.S., that's that's fairly fairly synonymous. You've got a nice mix there of, of different uh, white background names. In the UK, obviously, that's that's completely different because we haven't had the influx of immigration from Europe, which the US had. You know, there's a lot of German names in there, a lot of Jewish names in there, and that's not as prevalent within the UK. Carrying on, going down, going down the old list. What do white people enjoy enjoy for fun? And now this was one which kind of, I mean, it's going to be obvious why this appealed to me. So apparently, as white people, we enjoyed the arts more than any other culture. Now. Do we enjoy the arts more than any other culture because we're higher up, because we're high class? No. Or do we enjoy the arts more because we've got access to it? You know, for the longest time, we've controlled the cultural landscape of art within most countries where we reside due to colonialism and due to privilege and due to things like that. So this whole idea that we enjoy arts the most is quite skewed and gives you a huge reflection of our history. Um, and and where we kind of come from, to the point of maybe we should feel I don't know should we feel guilty about enjoying the, the arts as much as we do, um, you know like that, that there is a cliche of white boys and guitars, guitars and rock music and why 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 is that a thing you know if I'd grown up to this point and I never bought a guitar, 
you can see one literally in the video next to me, like in the mirror. There it is. Fingers just wiggling on it right now. You know, I own two, three guitars. I was about to say two. I own three guitars. If I'd never bought a guitar, would that make me less white? If I'd never been in a rock band, would that make me less, less white? You know, I went to a rap show. Does that make me me make me less white? In a way, judging by the crowd, that makes me more white. The fact that I went to a rap show, could I could I have avoided being more white cultured? I I don't know. It, this is a whole paradox. This is a massive paradox here of, of how how this kind of all interlinks by being involved in other cultures and and wanting to explore them and and see what identity is within them and that's something everyone does as a teenager generally everyone most people in the white community at least um you explore other cultures because you you're searching for your identity so you're like hell i'm just going to go see what everyone else is doing and see what that, how that applies to me um you know doing that makes you more white wanting to explore that and yet not exploring that is also very white <laughs> Again, it comes down to this vagueness, this whole, the vagueness of white culture, which is the title of this podcast, and how I, I, yeah, I've never had to define this. I've never had to define whether I'm white or not, based on just my interests and my my background. Um, Yeah, I mean, the statistics she bears here um, are based on people living within the US, the people go to more music, they go, go to more museums, and then got more access to, to these things. And then, yeah, you, at the same time, she quotes the racist statistics of people who kind of have access to it, and, and in the US at least, there's a lot less people of, of Hispanic and African American background who have access to this kind of stuff. They don't. And I don't know how that works in the UK, because I've never been black in the UK. Maybe you have. Tell me what you think I don't. But it's it's interesting as a topic. It's, I don't feel it's like something I'm ever going to solve. It's just something which I kind of wanted to talk about and broach about and see if, see if other people feel the same. You know, how do you define it? I realize that's, that you could, I could be opening the absolute doors for racists and bigots right now. So if, if you, clearly if you're a racist or a bigot, please kindly fuck off. Um... But yeah, this is a whole there's a whole gauge on it. You know, how do you gauge whiteness? I guarantee, I can almost guarantee because as humans what we do is we look at everything and we kind of gauge things and we look for patterns and we look for definitions and things. I guarantee that if I was able to get a non-white person to come discuss this with me, they could guarantee they could they could define it. They could tell me what they see as white culture. And I think it would shock quite a few people. If you're, you know, if you're not white and you're wanting to come on the podcast and talk to me about this, please do, because I want to have this conversation. Um, I feel like it's one of these things which needs to be out there, needs to be discussed. You know, it needs to be not at the forefront of anything, because in a way it's a silly discussion of just people feeling insecure about being white and trying to lose being white it's like well none of that really matters guys don't worry about it again another part of white culture is just completely ignoring our culture <laughs> but maybe you think different maybe you you think it's the best thing in the world and and there's a real clear definition to it i don't know i'm just a white boy <laughs> but go listen to chris sanders 
go listen to his thoughts on race go read that article and i'll leave a link in the description of every page i'm I'm looking at it's incredibly interesting and you know can sit and consider it maybe don't but maybe do i don't know i'm just trying to wax lyrical and figure out kind of kind of how i feel about it and at the moment i don't know it's still very undefined until then we're just kind of still just yelling at concrete and i'll talk to you guys later bye